0: worship, you can do that right now. For the rest of us, we will turn to God's word given to us in the scripture this morning in Psalm 96. And uh, those of you who are reading that from your worship folder will see that we have some color codes today and uh, we'll leave it to you to figure that out until Steve can explain it to us. But uh, these are the words that we can uh, joyfully share together today. and the peoples in his faithfulness. The word of the Lord. Be to God. Let's pray. Lord, your word is our lamp and our guide, and we could not fully know you without it. And I pray that your spirit may give Pastor Steve what he needs to clearly declare that word to us today, and that we may in turn continually Declare your glory among the nations. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, At this point in our service, those of you uh, who have been members at Christ Church for a while know that on Epiphany Sunday, we usually have an opportunity for one of our members to share his or her testimony with us. And this morning, Shinji Yasugi, who is uh, a new member here at Christ Church, is going to do that for us. And there he is. So we welcome him uh, to just share what God has given him for us today.
1: Good morning. Um, My name is Shinji Yasugi. I've been coming to Christ Church with my wife Margaret and our four kids for just over a year now and I'd like to share with you what God has done in our lives. So I've no memory of being exposed to any concept of Christianity or church for the first eight years of my life. I was born in Japan where it's estimated only about one percent of the population professes to be Christian. In most ways, we're a typical Japanese family, um, except for the fact that my Japanese father was married to my Korean mother. I spent my early years in Japan going to Shinto temples with my family, um, throwing coins into a ceremonial box and praying to the kamis, or gods. I got excited when I got omikujis uh, there, which is a small piece of white paper uh, with fortunes written on it. I would tie the piece of paper alongside the fortune papers of hundreds of other people. I learned about the gods in cartoons that I regularly watched, called mukashibanashi, or Japanese folktales. I learned that the gods would provide us with things like health, prosperity and good weather if they were pleased with us. Uh, When we visited our relatives, I saw in the corner of the room an altar for our ancestors uh, with burning incense and some fruit and tea in front of it. We believed that we had an ongoing connection uh, with their spirits that way. From such beginnings, who would have thought that I would be standing here before you, uh, 30 years later, proclaiming Jesus as my Lord and Saviour? As it turns out, my great-grandmother, Shimako Obasa, was a Christian lady. I only have vague recollections of her from when I was little. Uh, she would always sit in an old chair on one side of the family room being a quiet presence. I heard my dad say that she used to take him, her reluctant grandson, to Sunday school when he was a boy. I was also told that she regularly prayed for me and my family. When I pause to reflect on the impact of her prayers, I think it's It's quite amazing. I thank God for the way that he answered her prayers. I started to go to church with my mother and sister after my parents decided to move to Australia. I was eight years old then. When I was 15, a series of events led me to a mass viewing of a televised session led by Billy Graham. As As I watched him preach on the TV screen, I was struck by the realization that I've been living my whole life ignoring the one true God. I decided that I wanted to give my life to Jesus and responded to the altar call. I praise God when I count the number of people in my family who have turned their lives to Christ, including my sister and mother. At the same time, we continue to pray for my father, and my many relatives and friends who do not know Jesus back in Japan, as well as in Korea. One story I want to share is that of my favorite Korean aunt, whom I call Imo, which is aunt in Korean. Imo helped to take care of me during my infancy and toddlerhood in Japan. Sometime after that, my grandmother in Korea suffered two debilitating strokes. And so Imo moved back to Korea to take care of her. We purchased a Korean Bible and asked Imo to read it uh, to her from the Gospels. Um, neither Imo or my grandmother were believers. Imo actually hated it when we talked about Jesus or asked her to go to church with us. Uh, nevertheless, uh, she did as we asked, and we prayed. While it's unclear whether my grandmother became a Christian before she passed. Over time, God revealed, us, uh, revealed himself to Imo. Uh, she moved to Australia and eventually decided to become a Christian where she, when she visited church with my mum. She's now studying at a Korean theological college and serves a local Korean church. Uh, I praise God that he's moving her heart to consider becoming a missionary in Japan as she's seen the great need there for Christian workers. I pray that God opens a path for her to go there. So I began my story by telling you that I don't recall any exposure to Christianity in my childhood in Japan. In a country of almost 130 million people, there are many who lived their entire lives never once hearing about Jesus. I remember Japan as a country with a rich culture, hospitable people and amazing food. But there are many who are hurting today without hope. So as we enjoy living in Grand Rapids, a city with many Christian believers and churches, even as we think about how to love the people in our city, I ask that we remember to pray for the people in Japan. Please pray that God will reveal himself to them as the one true God and for more and more Japanese people to turn to Jesus as their Lord and Savior.
2: say that Christmas is over, and one of the things that I love about Christmas, the Christmas season, is I love hearing over and over again the Hallelujah Chorus, and you may not know, but uh, I'm a choir director, and so whenever that song is played, I can't help but direct that choir and that orchestra and oftentimes it's at home with big gestures bringing in the brass and the strings. And sometimes it's driving in my car with just one hand and sometimes it's other places where it's simply my fingers but I'm always directing that song. Well, this morning we're using a song to launch our Missions Expo month, and it's my privilege this morning to be the song director. So turn with me to song number 96 in the book of Psalms, and let's see if we can use this song to tune our hearts to sing his praise. Let's see if we can use this song to be reminded of the mission to which we have been called. This is a worship song, and there is no better way for us to have our hearts reignited in our mission than to worship the Lord. No better way for our missions expo to be kicked off than to begin with worship. So, Psalm 96, this psalm was assigned to me because our mission theme is to declare His glory. And if you noticed in your mission journal, we're memorizing those first three verses together. So, this morning, look at verse 3, declare His glory among the nations, I believe that this phrase captures the whole psalm, and that's kind of why I have color-coded the words there. Uh, So, you can see, if if you open it up to to your bulletin, and you'll have The outline on one page and then the scripture on the other. So you can see that the outline is point number one, declare. Point number two, his glory. Point number three, among the nations. And then you can see on the left-hand side, declare his glory among the nations in green and red and blue. And you can see the verses that are connected to that and how that little phrase kind of unfolds all of the content from the psalm. So here's our main idea this morning that is also found in your bulletin. Mission pours out of it out of us. Mission pours out of us. We just have to declare him because his glory is so brilliant. When the world sees it, they will want to join in the cosmic splendor. That's our main idea, point number one. Declare, declare. The how and the why of declaration. The how and the why of declaration. Did any of you happen to see last week the Lions two-point conversion after the touchdown. Did you see that? I mean, it was amazing. And I was alone when I watched it. So I, I didn't, I didn't have anybody, I didn't have anybody to share it with. And Chris wasn't watching the game. And I started to tell her about it a couple times. I said, boy, it was just and she didn't wasn't there, didn't see it. And so I mentioned it several times, and finally she said, well, why don't, why don't you just, just tell me? So I actually went through it. I said, you know, a quarterback was here, and he was over there, and then the halfback came back, and the, and the tailback, and they did a reverse, and then the quarterback went into the end zone, and he received, a, and it was just amazing. And, I, and she let me tell it, because some things are just so, so good that they just have to be told. Some things are so good that they just have to be expressed, Right, the why of declaration worship is what is what our, our our expression flows out of worship. It flows our declaration. It flows out of our worship. The news is so good it has to be told. The news is so good that there needs, it's like there needs to be a song written for the occasion, we sing a new song because something has happened. Now, this song was used when David brought the tabernacle into Jerusalem. That was the occasion, and there was a song for it. Some things are so great that there just needs to be celebration and there needs to be full expression of it. A new song. We get weary of the same old things, don't we? Do you ever get bored with just the same old song in life? Just the same old, same old, you know... 99 bottles of beer on the wall, 99 bottles of beer, you take one down and pass it around, 98 bottles of beer on the wall, and then 97, and then 96, and then 95, and then what happens when you get down to one? What happens? Start all over again, right? <laughs> Song that that parents in a car hate and camp counselors hate we get we just get tired in life of the routines and the schedules and the stresses and the problems and the issues and the things that are unresolved and then they're resolved and then they're unresolved again and it starts all over again and again and again and again and again and and like this cycle goes on. But the Lord comes and brings a new song and we are made alive and we have to sing it. the how of declaration has all kinds of expressions those are the green verses in your text look at them verse one sing verse two sing Verse 2, tell. Verse 3, declare. Verse 7 and 8, ascribe, ascribe. Verse 8, bring. Verse 8, come. Verse 9, worship. Verse 9, tremble. Verse 10, say. Verse 11, rejoice. The expression, it has all kinds of forms. And on, on the occasion in which David brought the tabernacle into Jerusalem, how did he express it? What did he do? He leaped and he danced with the singers and with the trumpets and the cymbals and the harps and all of that. It just has to be expressed. I remember uh, on one occasion, this was a number of years ago, and I may have told you this before, but one of the guys that was in our church, he's, he's gone now, but uh, a number of years ago, he was a good Presbyterian. And, and after, after this service, he said to me, He said, Wow, what a service. He said, That service was so good, I had to sit on my hands. Good Presbyterian. He had to sit on his hands. You know, you just want to express it, right? The good news, salvation, the new song, it it moves us. It moves us to sing something, to say something, to do something and it moves us to go somewhere jesus said go into all the world and proclaim the gospel paul said how will they hear without someone preaching how will they preach unless someone sends them the good news and the new song have to be delivered they have to be expressed and as christians it just naturally pours out of us point number two declare what his glory declare his glory this is the who and the what of glory the who and the what of glory now glory glory is a big it's a big word Big Bible word, and it is hard to corral this word. But Psalm 96 here unfolds glory for us in a very descriptive manner. We see that glory is the who and the what of God. The glory is is who he is and what he does... So you can see that in the in those red-colored verses there that fit with glory. It's interesting, the, the Hebrew verb, going back to the word declare, the Hebrew word for declare is saphar, and and that is derived from, from a verb that means to, to mark down or to count. Or, or like to keep track of. So it's like you're keeping a record of something. Uh, you're keeping a record, a list about the things about God to declare. As you, as you declare, it's like, you're, it's like you're ticking off the, 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 the things about the character of God, the things about the works of God. And those things, they are recorded in the scriptures, but they're also recorded in our hearts. And, and, and all of those things about, the, about who God is and what he has done, they are all summarized. They're all, all of those things are all compacted and squeezed into one word, glory. That's what it is. So declare his glory. Why? These are the red verses. Verse 4, because... He is a great God and greatly to be praised, verse 4. Verse 6, because splendor and majesty are before him. Verse 6, because strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. That's the who of his glory, who he is. But then there's also declare the what of his glory, what he has done, because verse 3, of his marvelous works. Because he's the one who's made the heavens. Because, verse 10, he reigns. He has established the world. He judges the people with equity. Verse 13, he is coming to judge with righteousness and faithfulness. There is no one else like him. And in verse 5, The psalmist is comparing the true God with the gods of the people. Do you see that in verse 5? And you can't see this. In the Hebrew, there's an interesting play on words in verse 5. The word for God is Elohim. And the word for worthless is Elohim. So Elohim and Elohim. And so, if we could kind of do something like that, like the Hebrew in the English, it would be something like saying, your mighty gods are mighty worthless. Elohim means worthless, or it means a, a non-entity, or nothing. So, we could say, the Lord is the great I am, but our idols... Are the great I am nothing. I am not. It's no wonder that we are weary of the old song, right? It's no wonder that we get bored with the, th- with the things of this world. It's, it's no wonder that we try to, to, to try to fill our lives up with things and all of this. And get bored with it. It's no wonder because our days and our desires and our energies are taken up with things that seem so important. That seem so real. And yet when it comes right down to it, in themselves they are what? Nothing. In themselves they are nothing What we need is a new song. We need a new energy. We need a new mission. We need a new kingdom. We need a new king. Our hearts in our society need a complete and total makeover. But praise God, we're told to sing because the Lord comes. The Lord has come. We are so tired of dull and routine, but He comes in splendor and majesty. We get so weary of, of the broken and the ugly, but He comes in strength and beauty. We experience so much confusion and so much instability but the lord has come to establish a foundation that will never be moved so many people suffer from oppression and suffer from a powerlessness not having a voice so many people have been damaged through all kinds of injustice but he comes with equity and with faithfulness and and, and if Those things are true. If that list of things is true of who He is and what He has done, then that message needs to be told. Say, among the nations, the Lord reigns. Point number three, among the nations... Declare his glory among the nations. The when and the where of the cosmic reach. These are the blue purplish verses there. Now this song was written to a particular people at a particular time. It was written to one nation In the Middle East, at one point in time, 3,000 years ago, and yet it reaches far beyond that, doesn't it? It reaches far beyond that, and and, and that's exactly the point of this song. Think, Think about it. That song, it reaches all the way up to 2018, It reaches all the way over to Grand Rapids, Michigan. It reaches all the way over to us and is translated into English. And here we are singing the same song. Think about that. We're singing here today. We're singing the same song and it is still new. And still, today, it is exactly the thing that we need, isn't it? This song, written thousands of years ago to a different place and a different people, comes to us now and we sing it. And for what you are going through right now, it is exactly what you need. It's exactly what the people in North Korea need. And the people in Iraq. And the people in Pakistan and Somalia And in Washington, D.C., and in Kentwood, in Rockford. How far is the reach? How far is the reach? The song of salvation is for all the earth. For all the families of nations. It's for the best of sinners and it's for the very worst of sinners. The reach is universal. This is, a great, this is a great epiphany passage, isn't it? The reach is universal, but the reach is even cosmic. Look at, look at the end of the verses. Look at verse 11. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes. Wow, it is so big. It is so expansive. It is so universal. It is so cosmic. And yet, it is so personal. So personal. Maybe... Maybe it was one single guy from Israel who traveled 800 miles to Babylon, to Persia. And maybe this one guy had, maybe he had a single conversation with one single magi, one guy talked to one wise man and he shared with him some verses from micah and from the book of numbers and he read about a star and a king to be born in bethlehem and then maybe that guy left and went somewhere else back to israel but then the star appeared And the wise man, when he saw the star, rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And the wise man then, he went and he searched and he found and he ended up bowing down and worshiping King Jesus. With the trees and the fields and the oceans and the mountains. And with kings and with peasants. And with slaves and servants, and with a lot of regular old people for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, including with Christ Church and every tribe and nation and tongue, and finally into one grand declaration of glory filling the whole earth. And he shall reign. Forever and ever and ever and ever. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's pray. Oh Lord, thank you for reaching out to us Gentiles far away. Thank you for reaching out. Lord, would you move among us this morning? Would you draw us into your mission by giving us a vision of the day when all the nations are in. Give us a vision when the joy will have reached every corner of the world as far as the curse is found. Praise to you. Amen. Let's stand together.